Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. Podcast is a personal friend of mine, Mr. Brian Hansen, one of the smartest guys that I have ever met. You will be blown away by the things that he will start to bring up and make you think about. And he is one of those guys that that old cliche, if you don't know what you don't know, is the more he talks, him and his partners, he comes from real advisors, they have real agency. I have been a product of their system. I've taken their classes. I have seen them speak on multiple stages, and they never disappoint. So between Brian Hansen, Delmar Cross, Francis Eblola, Richard Dunn, these guys have built some of the brands and the names that you guys see on social media every single day as some of the biggest influencers and educational names and influencers on social media for real estate education, investing, wholesaling, crypto, all these different things. These gentlemen know how to build and run a successful business. They know how to build and run a successful audience, and they know how to properly monetize it without wasting your time. So they are definitely a group of people that I would highly recommend professionally and personally to contact for all your needs for if you want to grow your brand, monetize your brand, grow your business, monetize your business, your podcast, anything you're a specialist in that you're looking to get your name out there and you're just trying to figure out how to get it in front of more people or how to do something with the audience you already have. These are the guys for sure to contact. So good people, intelligent people, humble people that again, I put my personal, my professional stamp on. I've been personally asking Brian to come on for a very long time now. It was very nice of him to come on and give some of his time. He answers these questions and just goes and goes. And he's not a guy who generally talks and likes to be on camera. He's usually the guy behind the guy. So again, I call him one of the best hidden and untapped resources out there today for marketing. And you will see why during this uh, podcast. So thank you very much for coming on. I'm going to attempt to have his partners on as well. But again, I can't say enough good things. Reach out to him through the show notes on Instagram, reach out to real advisors, reach out to real agency, and definitely connect with Brian Francis and Delmar. They are some of the best people I know and some of the smartest people I know that uh, I really, I, I personally just can't say enough good things about. So thank you very much for coming on. Again, remember the A-Game podcast is here with the goal of doing some deals together. So if you are looking to do some real estate if you want to buy properties from me, you want to sell properties to me, or you would like to partner on some deals or don't even really know what that looks like, you just want to have a conversation, the most direct way to start that conversation is to text me, 516-540-5733. Just text the word real estate, and that will start the conversation that we can figure out what the next step is, whether you are looking to jump into real estate as far as residential, some rentals, some flips, buying some wholesale properties, doing some land development stuff, or transitioning, most importantly, from residential to multifamily. That is a big thing that we do and we help out with. So definitely let's make that connection. Please check out nicknicknick.com slash links for all of the ways to listen to this podcast, the way that we continue to get great guests to come on, like Brian Hansen, to come on and share their information for free is for you guys to interact with this page and this podcast. So please, on nicknicknick.com slash links, it's all the different ways to connect with me on social media. When I share the clips for this show, give it a thumbs up, give it an A-OK, -okay, give it a fist bump, say great information, tag a friend in it, share it. That one second while you're scrolling on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok anyway, to let Brian and his team know that you guys are looking at this and you're appreciating it. This is how we continue to deliver great information and bring you great guests. So I really appreciate all the interaction by following and liking and subscribing with all 
of the stuff we do for this podcast. And again, you can find me and this podcast on all social platforms. So I appreciate you watching, listening, subscribing, and supporting. Also, if you are looking to bring more value to your buyers, whether you are a real estate agent, broker, or wholesaler, go to nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets for a free checklist on how to bring more value to your buyers. Get out there, do some jujitsu, listen to this podcast, connect with Brian. I couldn't have been happier to get on and hang out with him today. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys for listening. Again, podcast, ladies and gentlemen. All right, my guest today on the A-Game Podcast is an investor and entrepreneur who specializes in many different things, including co-founding and founding companies such as Real Agency and Real Advisors, which is nominated for a second year in a row as one of Inc. Magazine's fastest growing private companies in the Southeast. He has made a big name for himself in a branding agency, as well as a social media growth and is responsible for some of the biggest names that you would know in real estate and investing education that people have no idea that this fine gentleman is actually behind. He's made a name for himself in branding and social media growth and is responsible for being behind the scenes of some of the biggest influencers today in real estate and investing education. And he is one of the most intelligent and calculated people I know. One of the best kept secrets in marketing and lead conversions Father, husband, someone I consider a personal friend. Thank you so much for coming on today. Mr. Brian Hanson, welcome to the A-Game Podcast, and thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Nick. Um, it's a pleasure to be on, and yeah, um, I uh, I consider you a great friend, and, and oh, it's uh, it's an honor to be on the show. Um, I, I like uh, hopping on and riffing a little bit with good people, and yeah, you're man. at the top. You're, you're at I the top of the list, man. Thank you very much. I told you before we, uh, we started, I, I selfishly have been uh, harassing you to book on just because I know with everybody getting busy lately, I'm like, you know, it's a great excuse to just get on and kind of catch up. And uh, I look at it as if nothing else, we get to hang out for an hour. And if you guys don't like it, which I'm sure you will, at least we got to hang out for an hour and catch up. So for people that are not 100% familiar with you yet, which again, you're, you're always, uh, you're a little bit of the guy behind the guy, the people that know you understand like the value in you, but you you play a little bit behind the radar. So for people who may really not know about you yet, can you give like a 30,000 foot view about who you are and where you came from? Yeah, um, I guess, you know, the story right from the top is I'm, a, I'm originally from Iowa. Um, I actually moved down here uh, 2001. I, I live in Florida now. Um, I just decided to pick up my, my old boss. I was actually working at a telemarketing firm helping run a floor which sales floors have been ingrained into my background. It's what kind of led me down this path. Um, but the, the, the person that ran the place moved to Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, she started working for a gentleman named Ron Legrand. And while she was there, she's like, you know, Brian, these, these guys are making a lot of money down here. And this is such an interesting product because we're selling something that is helping other people. So um, you, get to, you get to sell something that changes people's lives and you can make a lot of money doing it. And I had no clue what I was getting into at, at all. Um, but I ended up uh, packing up. I mean, geez, at the time, <laughs> I might have been making like $24,000 a year uh, managing a sales floor. And, you know, when she said like, you know, the kind of money I could make move, picking up and moving um, and living in Florida, you know, I had to trade the, uh, the cows for the ocean. Coming down here, I'm just like, I, I can leave tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, like, literally, my car was like backfiring on the way down. I had such a shit car. <laughs> I My life changed. Because like my whole aspect, you know, back then, I, I wanted to kind of move up the corporate ladder and just keep trying to find a good company where I could keep moving up at. 
and uh, Legrand literally did change the way I think about things. So I, I can't remember if we talked about me starting with Ron, but you know, I, I just, I admired like what he was able to put together with a company. And I kept seeing people come through the system that I'm like, you know, if these guys can do this, I can do this. And so I, I first kind of got obsessed with real, real estate investing, knowing that I could do it creatively. And, you know, I did a couple of deals and uh, I was like, man, this is, this is easy. But I don't know where the line was. It's just at some point I was like, you know, what I really love about all this stuff is the marketing side. And I was kind of focused on the sales floor. I ran his sales floor um, and the journey goes on. We can get into that in a minute, but um, because of what I started to do for him and helping him, you know, put butts in seats, he started to take me into places like Dan Kennedy's house and, you know, some of the top marketers and my whole way I looked at everything in, in life, like would never be the same again. And, uh, you know, with the knowledge that I learned back then, <clears throat> um, it, it literally changed my life where uh, I'm just a born marketer now. And, you know, I, I think it was probably around when the first recession started to hit back then. What was that like 2006, seven area? Um, I was like, you know, I want to start getting into something on my own. And I decided to start trying to sell auto parts because people weren't buying new cars. They were trying to fix the ones that they had. And, um, I, I initially started trying to sell BMW engines. I, I just realized even nationally that the volume that I wasn't wanted wasn't there. And so I moved into all engines, then into transmissions. And then we started adding some other parts into it, but I became one of the biggest engine and transmission resellers in America. And that was my first like launch on my own where, you know, I, I set up my own sales floor. Um, we brought it to a multi-million dollar company the first year. And um, I was like, this marketing stuff's pretty damn cool. Um, but I don't know anything about auto parts. Like, you know, what the hell am I doing? I, I don't even know how to take my own oil. And I have like this massive auto parts company where everybody thought I was like this auto parts expert. I really didn't know shit about it. <laughs> and uh, so then I was like, I, I can basically just replicate marketing for any kind of company. And so I went out and tried to do like a... Um, I guess it kind of started with local businesses and that's when I got into the trap of, you know, and info marketers, we all know this. Uh, if you've been in the game, you kind of changed, but you know, back then I was trying to do everything on my own and figure it all out. Like I didn't know all the ins and outs yet. And I was trying to charge such a low fee that I, I was getting a ton of headache customers. So, you know, we were charging like 500 bucks a month and just constantly having headaches from all the clients and, uh, we were doing so much work for what we were getting in return. And it was my business partner now, Francis Oblola. He's like, you really need to teach like what you're doing. And I was like, nobody's going to want to listen to me, you know? And uh, I, I was scared. I still get pretty scared about speaking. It's not my, it's not necessarily my thing, but um, I spent months trying to get ready for this event because him and I like, we're like, we're going to do this. And right before I was getting on stage, I'm like, you want to go up there and do it for me? <laughs> Uh, I literally got on the stage and I said, uh, everybody told me, and in fact, Ted Thomas came to watch me as well uh, as support. And Ted's, he, he's pretty, he's mass, he's massive on stage. He's a great closer and he knows this stuff pretty well, but he's like, don't tell him you're scared because they're not going to know. And uh, <laughs> I was like, everybody was telling me not to say I'm scared on stage, but 
this isn't water in my glass. It's vodka. And I'm scared. <laughs> I said, but I'm going to teach you guys like I teach my own family. You know, I'm really going to give, give you everything I had. And that night we, we stayed till probably 9 p.m. And people were trying to stay awake because uh, <laughs> it was a long day, you know, 9 p.m. in an info uh, marketing event. We were supposed to end at five. And everybody got up and started clapping for me. And I was like, holy shit, this, is, this feels pretty cool. And so um, anyway, that's what kind of started uh, Real Advisors in a way. We hadn't run across uh, Domar yet. You know, Francis and him had been friends before. Um, I knew of him. And um, one day I'm like in the office with Francis. This is when we had intensive marketing. That was a company at the time. And we were doing, you know, like info events, um, we were speaking on marketing for several of the real estate guys just because we knew them. It wasn't like I was doing a volume of deals. It was just uh, anything with marketing can be applied to any business. And um, I was over here in Francis. They're like, hey, you know, we might have to shut this project down. He was talking to Domar and uh, they were talking about Lee Carney. And um, I didn't know at the time, I didn't know Lee, but I was like, what are you guys talking about over here? And he's like, yeah, we're just, we're trying to get this to work, but nothing was converting. And uh, I was like, tell me about this guy again. And, you know, they're like, yeah, he's done over like 7,000 deals and uh, he's got, you know, all this credibility. And I'm like listening to the price and how, how, like how much this guy's done. And I'm like, I didn't think I'd say this because it's been so many years and like, I don't want to start getting on the phones again, but I, I want to talk to these people and find out really why this isn't selling. Cause this is crazy. And uh, I actually helped fill the entire first event for that. And um, people were going crazy over it. You know, Lee's a sharp guy. It was a great event. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden they're like, hey, can we, can we do this all together? So that's what kind of sparked uh, Real Advisors. We moved from um, Francis and I having an info company, really specifically on internet marketing to shifting where we started creating brands like Lee Carney and um, Rafael Vargas and uh, Tim Bratz. And we kind of found that model is really hard to profit with. Um, but it, it was an experience. It was what we started with because we didn't know we were just trying to pave the way and um, try to figure things out as we go. And, uh, you know, many times I hear people say, like, we're waiting to see what you guys do next. <laughs> so <laughs> we make mistakes and waste our money. Um, but, uh no, it's been a fun ride. We just realized, you know, doing things in-house, you know, because Domar was, he wasn't new to the scene or anything, you know. Domar had done over a thousand deals, which is still amazing. And that's a ton of deals. And so we're like, let's launch Domar Cross. And, um, you know, right when we were launching, we always wanted to do uh, virtual events. So we talked about it forever because anybody that's done live events knows they're very expensive. Um, ours got a little bit more expensive too, because you know we got talked into renting all kinds of stuff, like mermaids for the pool and <laughs> everything else to, to party on. And um, but anyway, we, we were a little bit shy to do the virtual side, just because um, you know we kind of felt we're going to lose that connection, because we all had years of experience in this industry, and you know not having people live and in front of you, it's like could we still do the same kind of numbers? And so we were scared to try it. I mean, I'll admit, like, that, that's what it was, is we were scared. And uh, the pandemic kind of made it easy because <laughs> we're a live events company and we can't do them anymore. So, like, all right, let's shift into uh, 
doing these virtual events and we we did lose a little bit on the conversion i'm not going to say it was identical to the live events but it was crazy how much better it was than we ever expected um so you know we, we started doing that and then all of a sudden we get blacklisted from our our biggest channel of traffic which was facebook ads so you know most of the companies out there are running their entire business off of facebook ads and some are kind of um, splitting it between facebook and youtube but we didn't know how we were gonna get leads. And we built this company with so many employees, so much overhead, it was crazy. That we're like, you know, we're not gonna give up, but I was genuinely kind of worried. I was like, well, how are we gonna stay in business and make this happen? And it was, pro it was probably Lee at that time. Um, he's like, Brian, you need to do one of these things you've been talking about. You know, I, I think you should probably focus on the Instagram one. And we had talked about that too. I think it was just kind of the belief Instagram, they're just younger. They're not going to convert the same. Um, they're just on there to play, which yeah. is all the things that I used to say about Facebook before we started crushing it on Facebook. But I, I dug in deep um, and I, I did it differently. So instead of going to Facebook ads, I started going out to all the page owners. So I, I was going to the actual people that own the pages and saying, hey, can I run ads on your page? You know what? And if so, what it will cost? I started to build up a, a ton of pages. It took forever, but I was just uh, obsessed with it. And our cost per lead was just ridiculous. So like, you know, Facebook and YouTube, we were paying anywhere from like $10 to like 20 for a registration. And sometimes we could get lower, but we, we came out of the gates like swinging at less than a dollar a lead. And we're like, is this real? Like, <laughs> and, and is it gonna convert? And it ended up converting just as good, if not better, in some cases, we had a better conversion rate. And we just exploded that. So it's uh, that kind of ended up, you know, to our journey where we are today. Um, we ended up opening an agency because of what happened. But, you know, in the, and since 2001, that's kind of in a short little sequence, the, the trail that's led us here today. And uh, so I'll open it up to you a little bit. I've been rambling on, but you know, trying to bring you from when I, I first got into this info business, which is about 2001. So I've been doing this stuff for over 20 years um, to today. And you know, it was kind of funny. Like I said, Francis is the one that kind of got me into the speaking side. The first day I met Francis, um, I didn't know him. I literally met him getting on LeGrand's private jet together to go to Dan Kennedy's house who's like the master of uh, direct response marketing. So uh, that was a really cool story to tell, like where I met my business partner, we're headed over to Dan Kennedy's basement to sit, sit down and like chat about this stuff. Um, and then who knew, but we ended up being partners and um, which led me to work with more amazing people like Domar and Lee and Richard Dunn and my, my other partners that I work with. And, and so it's been a lot of fun. And along the way, I met incredible people just like yourself. In fact, uh, you're probably one of the coolest people I've met so far on this journey. But uh, it's, it's that, uh, yeah, it's just led me to meet some really cool people because in the marketing world, investing world or whatever you're doing, if you're an entrepreneur, it, if you're just focused on work and you're not networking, you're not um, going to events, meeting people and stuff, it, it can be a lonely world. And, you know, when you're in the thick of it, you're kind of in the, in the middle of an info company like we were. Um, building all these rooms, I, I got to sit and meet and hang out with people just like me on a consistent basis. And it, 
it's not lonely. It, it makes it just a ton of fun. And, um, you know, I, I'm really happy that the live events are kicking off again, personally. The virtual world was great. We, we took it and ran with it, but um, there's something to be said about going to live events and, you know, being able to hang out with everybody in person. So I'm glad they're back. And, you know, I'll tell you <clears throat> from talking to several people, everybody else is too. So if you're thinking about, should I start live events again? Uh, the answer is yes. Uh, people are, they're tired of being at home. <clears throat> they're tired of the virtual stuff. It still works, but people do want to get out and like start going to stuff again and hanging out with each other. I agree with that, man. And there's a bunch of different stuff you said over the course of that, that I think is, is pretty interesting. I was, I was trying to take some notes along the way to remember to rehit some of these things. But one of them is, you know, there's a lot of, I, I think part of like the live events thing where you're pi like pivoting on that side of it, you meet all these people. And I think I was going into them trying to be like, well, how do I like get everybody's card and meet everybody and then follow up with everybody. And then you go to like three or four different ones and then you're kind of just like overwhelmed. And I think part of what I took away, which, which triggered a little bit from the relationship I started with you and your partners who, by the way, like all of them, I hope to have all you guys at some point, but just a good group you start to find people that you just, it's like, you know, everybody here is an entrepreneur. Everybody's here at the real estate. Everybody here has something, but where's the people that are kind of like my people that I, I just have a connection with. And I think leaving those where you start to come into like a really big event with a bunch of like-minded people and thinking I have to leave here with everybody's contacts. I've now shifted it to how can I leave here with a hand, just a handful of people out of these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that I can keep like a good personal and professional relationship with. And that I feel like has been astronomical and even stuff like that, like the, you know, pivoting to when I, I remember when I first met all you guys and it's kind of like, well, who are these people? What, you know, you're kind of looking around like you don't know what to expect. And then you were one of the people that stick out most because you were so quiet. And the first few times I met, I met you guys at the events that I was a student at. So your marketing bought my butt in there. So it definitely worked. And then the content was really good, but you kept like, bringing up little things like you contribute here, like almost like reluctantly, like Francis or, D or Domar would be like, Hey, Brian, like talk about this, talk about that. And every time you would say something, you would like chime in and then kind of like dissolve into the background. And we were all like, Holy crap. Like that was a, like a golden nugget. And then at the end, we'd like the leader, somebody would be like, well, what do you guys want to know more about? We'd all be like, Hey, can, can we get Brian back up here again? <laughs> like, so you would talk at like lunch and just like, I remember you and I had a conversation. You were like, man, everybody was staring at me. And I was like, cause we all were like, Holy shit. I cannot believe a, how much this guy knows and B how much we don't know, like your side of that, the things you were talking about just in like a lunch opened my eyes to the world of things that people go I'm going to start a company. I'm going to start a brand. I'll do some Facebook ads. I'll do some this. I'll do some that. And then I'll be like a Kardashian. And the amount of stuff that actually goes into any of it that you're aware of that I don't even know the tip of blew me away. I really appreciate that. <clears throat> you know, like I said, I'm, I'm always a little reluctant to speak just because I, I don't think it's necessarily um, my thing yet. And it's not that it can't be. I, I'm just I'm trying to grow into that um, part of me. A little bit it's not that i want to um try to act like somebody else either like i just want to grow into it and uh you know i almost kind of like being behind the scenes a little bit <laughs> but i can't say it doesn't feel good like you know, you know when you get up and talk about stuff and everybody's like that was really awesome you know um it never sucks to hear people say like what you talked about was great um but you know like i just kind of looking on the journey at you know everybody will ask like you know, how, how'd you guys do this or that? And 
I think the, the big tipping point for me personally, it was probably being around people that I could see did it and they didn't, they didn't have to have like a bunch of money from their family or like a special kind of uh, specialized education college or whatever. They just decided, Hey, I'm going to do this. And they did it. And like, that was like, when, when I usually talk to people about it, it's kind of the biggest thing I tell them is it's a mind thing. Like I, I, the only thing that I changed, like literally the only thing I changed to like start doing really well was realign my brain to realize like I can do it and I deserve it. And like, I can go after this. Like, you know, I think I just had more of a limited mindset before getting kind of trained just to get yourself out there and follow that corporate kind of, you know, path that we're taught to do. But like, you know, I, I always looked at people doing a lot of this stuff, especially real estate investing and thinking like, I could never do that. And, uh, you know, once I, my brain shifted and that, that did happen back in, you know, probably the Legrand days, just from being around all those mastermind guys, um, I, I could never shut it off again. (laughs) And that's what it like, you know, my advice to people when they're talking about it is to try to flip that switch. Like, just believe that you can do it. And, you know, there's not a lot that's going to hold you back. You just can't give up on yourself with it, you know? Well, I think you touched on something huge there, which it keeps coming up as a consistent theme to every single person I speak to that's successful on any level is the experienced people that have been around all keep going back to like the mindset, the mindset, the mindset. But as you know, all the all the newbies, I don't want that. It doesn't matter. But I think there's there's a few key things that I've learned over the years for me stuff I can get good at and stuff I can figure it out. Like I learned a real estate strategy. I'm very confident that at some point I can be successful in whatever that is, as long as I can get myself focused. But then there's like asset protections and tax strategies that I'm like, I'm never going to be able to get this. And then for your side of it, the marketing side and the branding side and the social media, because like the algorithms are always changing. The, the way you do things are changing. The way they charge things are changing. The conversions are changing. The platforms are changing. And I think it becomes very discouraging when you see that stuff and then you can get in your own way and go, Oh my God, there's too much. Or like you said, my whole Facebook thing got shut down. Now what I do now, what do I do? And that's where most people will quit. And I think having the mindset to know I got to get back on the horse today and I just have to be solution-based and figure out another way to make this work. And I believe in myself and the people around me enough that we can do this, I think is really the key to being successful in anything. So on your side of it, how do you, get yourself back in the game and keep yourself aligned with your end goal. When you do have things happen that like, Oh, this got shut down or now TikTok's coming up. How do I even figure this thing out? And, you know, cause you're not really in the type of thing where you can say, I did this and I, I figured it out and I got it every few years. You literally, I assume have to basically relearn or relook at your whole business model, which could be very, very yeah. frustrating. No, that's a great question. Um, you know, cause I, I specialized, more so in SEO for years. Um, and I did really good with it. You know, we, we were number one for stuff like investment property. Um, I got in the top uh, three for weight loss. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, that was like a game where I just, you couldn't just learn it and it's going to be the same. I couldn't just keep teaching the same thing when I was teaching it. It kept changing. And it's just really been the same with all of it. You know, I think like, you know, and part of the thing that drives me nuts sometimes is like, especially on social media, and it does put your, you, you get put in this uh, position where it's tough because like you have to, you know, if you're going to teach things and you, you want people coming into your stuff, you, you, you automatically, it's hard to want to show your weakness. 
sometimes. So everybody's just always talking about the good things. But like even in the information world, because you'd think like, you know, you're selling air, you know, there, there's not a lot of cost because it's, you know, what you're selling is uh, flapping your gums. You know what I mean? But there actually is a lot of costs that come behind it. And there is a lot of headaches. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's nice to hear people's failures. Like for me, like when, I, when I'm in a group of people that are really upfront, like we're all just being honest with each other it kind of feels good because sometimes you like see all that social stuff and everything and it's all nothing but like everybody crushing it. And that's where you can kind of get in your head sometimes because if you don't really know the world and that can be real estate investing in any kind of business, but if you don't really know you're new, so you're kind of trying to get out of that like nine to five part and transfer over to the entrepreneur world, social media can kind of be a crusher to your mindset because you don't really realize yet that it's not easy. Like most people, they'll like say, you know, and, and I did this, like, I'm like, I want to run my own business so I can do whatever I want. I, you know, I can make all this money and not have to do shit. Well, what you realize when you do jump into that world is you work probably twice as much. And it's not because you always have to either. You become obsessed with like doing it. But, you know, the other place you can punch the clock and shut off and go home and watch Netflix and do whatever you want. That doesn't happen when you own a business. You're up like at three in the morning getting out of bed because you thought of a new idea. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, five o'clock's coming around because you couldn't get back to sleep. And, you know, it's it's this thing where people just, they don't really understand what business is really going to be like. And so like, you know, for me, I, I think it's um, getting back to the real question. You know, a lot of it is just not um, making sure you never quit. Like, don't, don't give up because like, no matter what all these other people say, whatever industry you're in, they're fighting fires and dealing with roller coasters too. You only see the good stuff because that's all they want to talk about. And that happens a lot in the info world, especially because people are trying to maintain that uh, status and, uh, and authority where they're looked up to. And it's hard for them to want to talk about the bad times, but you know, that we all have that tough stuff that we go through and everybody's dealing with it. And just kind of understanding that from the years that I've put in, um, it's easy to deal with a situation now. Cause it's like, I understand that it's not just me, it's everybody and you're going to have the problems, but you know, you, there is that part where, you know, I talked about freedom, even though you're working twice as much um, you do have the ability to just be like, I'm going to go take a family vacation or, you know, today I'm going to, you know, take three hours and go to my daughter's dance class or, you know, what, whatever it is, I can make those decisions for myself and I can't work in for somebody else. So there is the beauty that you like sought after, but, you know, don't get into business thinking like, I'm just going to work a couple hours a week and it's going to be good. <laughs> you know, the other thing I think that really helped me is um, I learned really quick that you don't want to be the smartest person in your company, like put the ego aside and hire the smartest people. I want to be the dumbest person in my company. That's my goal is to be dumb. You know, <laughs> if, I, if I can surround myself with people that just, you know, rip right out of the gate, like they're crushing it. Um, I want them to have big egos and, and like do well because that, that frees me up and it allows our company to run better with, with me doing a lot less work. And so, you know, th that'll fix things too. Um, I got stuck with my auto parts company. That was the first multi-million dollar company that I built. And, you know, the, the biggest relief that I had in that company, the biggest epiphany I had 
you, you'll start this company and you'll keep feeling like you don't have the money to hire people to do the stuff that you want done, um, especially management, because it doesn't technically bring in a dollar into the company. They're not doing something like, you know, I could put that money that I was going to pay them into more leads on Google ads or something like that. So I can't like directly look at that as bringing in money, but it does because if they're really good, um, your company is going to grow dramatically. And, and mine did. My company grew exponentially. And I, I didn't think I could hire a manager because I, I didn't think I could afford the salary. And I ended up getting two managers and I quadrupled my income and I stopped going to work. And <laughs> it, it, it didn't take me long of riding my beach cruiser around and thinking like, oh, I'm going to just retire. Like, I'll just like, you know, stay at the beach. And cause I, I did have a little beachfront um, place there. And I think it took me like, five days i'm like this is boring <laughs> and so i had to get back into it but that was when my company exploded as hiring the people i thought i couldn't afford because if you hire the right people um you can't afford not to have them and the the one thing that i'll say about the people you hire too the biggest thing i look for is ownership mentality so you'll get people that like want to just punch the clock and get a paycheck and then you'll get people that treat the business as if it was theirs and you know, it's kind of doing the interviews and, and taking time and not rushing into it to find those kind of people, but they're out there. And like the people I hired literally acted like they own the company. Um, and, you know, if you treat them well, they, they stick around and they, they do a great job for you. But I think I, I, think I <laughs> went way over on that answer. But, um, you know, those were two really breakthroughs with um, business in, in my life is, realizing you got to hire smart people and realizing that like, you know, it's not all the roses and stuff that you see out there. There's going to be a lot of problems and you just got to develop thick skin and realize that you, you can't be broken. And if you stick it out, it just always seems to start working again. In fact, I think it was like two days ago, I was really, I was reading Steve Jobs, like number one um, tip as far as like what makes a successful person and he said 50 percent of it is just having the attitude that you're not going to give up like he's like out of anything i could possibly tell you with what i've done the, the biggest thing is not giving up and then having the passion behind it because you know if you don't have any passion then you, you're probably going to give up just because of that but if you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner whether you're beginner intermediate or advanced any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesale, and fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. I think you nailed that, sir. There was a ton of things you said there that I echo all the time. You know, I tell everybody I don't want to be the, the smartest guy in the room. That's why I'm constantly paying to be in rooms with guys like you multiple times now to be surrounded and see all the things that I, I don't ever know because that's where you you become the blockbuster videos of the world when you think you got it down, especially 
with the way that life and business and technology are changing now, the real estate market alone every month is like something different with inflation and then interest rates and all these different things. So that's how you stay relevant is by adapting and getting in those circles. But it always blows me away when somebody walks into a room and they go, you know what? I, I, I paid 200 bucks and uh, I watch YouTube and I just need this one thing. And this one, th if you give me that, then I'll be a multimillionaire. And it's like, okay. You know what I mean? Like go, go into one of the rooms with people like that we go into with like the Mark Evans or the Lee Kearney's or any of these guys that have been doing this for years and tell them like, you just need this one little tip and then you got this. You don't need anybody. So it's just a crazy weird thing that I think people don't understand because it's blissful. But another thing you said that I think is funny, I was literally just having this conversation with one of my business partners and I was like, I'm almost jealous sometimes of your husband because at like 5.30 on Friday when he gets to come home, he gets to put on the baseball game and just for three and a half hours, not worry about anything until Monday at 9 a.m. And I think sometimes like us as entrepreneurs, like when things are good and you get to do things like we get to go hang out for the weekend and go see Aljo fight and go see Henry Rollins. And it's like, yeah, we don't have anybody to answer to. But like, that's when it's cool. But on the days that things suck, sometimes you're like, man, what would it be like to just leave work at five o'clock and not have to worry about any of it until the next day? But like you said, you do it for a few days and you're like, no, nah, this isn't really what I wanted. We're, we're like old fighters. I tell everybody like at some point, even if that was it, that's why they retire. And then three months later, they're like, let me just get in there for like one more, just one more round, you know? So it's in our blood. We, we wouldn't have it any other way, but that tenacity to me is a great, again, I agree a thousand percent. If I had to nail down like the one thing that makes people successful is that tenacity because you get your ass kicked all the time. But like the cliche from Rocky of how many times do you get back up, I, I think is really the difference here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like for me that that's the number one thing that's made it work for me. And every single time it works, too. Like, you know, we we were like going to go out of business if I, you know, not I shouldn't say I like if we didn't figure it out. Instagram just happened to do it. But many people failed with Instagram before like I did that like it wasn't like and I was like not certain that it was going to work because I, I had never done anything with it I, I might have had like three posts on my Instagram page and like you know maybe five followers I, I don't I don't know like 20 <laughs> I, I have no idea I didn't do anything with it it just sat there and we generated um 160,000 leads so far from it of webinar registrants and brought in millions of dollars with it. And uh, it was something that we just kept saying, uh, let's just get to it. Like you get comfortable. If Facebook and YouTube are working, why are we going to like start looking at something that we don't know it's going to work? And we should have, because you get like, that's <laughs> the other thing that happens with businesses. You get in this cozy little spot and you stop growing as fast because you don't need to. And that's where you get in trouble. Cause like we got all comfortable because everything was working good and you know, who knew a pandemic was going to come. We never saw that coming, but it did. And had we like kept growing and looking into new stuff and like, we would have already been on top of all of it, you know, but that's just what happens. I, I think it's like a, you know, just a psychological thing. Like when things are going well, you kind of take your foot off the gas and enjoy it. And you do have to slow down and smell the roses a little bit. I'm not saying that, but, I think we tend to get a little too relaxed sometimes and uh, there's always somebody out there that's outpacing you and outworking you. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta stay on top of your game. So, exactly, man. Exactly. <clears throat> I think I think of that a lot. Like it's a good example when people are like, Oh, I'm just going to do this little bit and then I'm going to, 
I'm going to be successful. Like there's the Brian's and the Domars out there that do this on such a high level every single day that it's like, do you realize what you're competing against? You know, you're, you're not going to, and you're like, you know, you don't want to be like rude to somebody who's coming in if they like literally can't get into bigger rooms and different circles. But the reality is like, if you want to keep growing, I don't care where you are. If you want to level up on any level, you have to have somebody show you that that level is even like a thing. Like I wouldn't ever, you know, 3000 deals. I think Lee did 135 deals in that one month. Like jujitsu guys, it's like a, a perfect example of like, Oh, like a black belt's the end of the journey. No, the black belt's like the beginning of the journey. You know, that's, that's yeah. just where things start to open up and, you know, pivoting to one of the things that you do very well. I think like starting out for people listening here, either personally or professionally, if they're looking at brand, you know, especially they, they see the guys on social media, one of the things I, I want to say I wasn't aware of, but when I started the conversation with you about some of the things we could do, I said, hey, I, you know, I want to build up my Instagram or I want to get butts and seats for X, Y, and Z. And then you just followed up with all these questions about like, well, what do you really want out of this? What do you really want to do? What's the goal here? And there was all these other branches and things that come out. So somebody listening right now trying to figure out like, one, how do I start to build up my brand? And two, how do I decide what platform to start building that on? What would be some of like the intro introspective behind the scene questions that you would want them to think about if it was going to be just a starting out conversation? Yeah, um, that's a great question. And, you know, I, I actually have this conversation with my wife a lot because she, she does have that bug of the entrepreneur bug, but she'll like start, she'll like get in and start something without the end in mind. And, you know, I, but we try to talk about it, but I, I try to let her do her own thing too. But I think about this a lot. And, you know, you, you have to understand where you're going or you can't start at, at all. Because if you, let, let's say you're getting into like the information world and you're going to sell something and you're thinking about like a low ticket product, um, you have to know what you're going to do with those leads. And like many people, they don't understand, like if you're selling something for $97, you haven't been in this world, you know, a lot of people would think like, hey, I'm going to make some money selling this $97 product. What they don't really realize yet is that most people pay money to get that sale. And so, yeah, of course you have to spend marketing, but what I mean is they might spend $150, $200 to get a $97 buyer. And so they'll actually spend money and, and spend more than what they bring in to get the sale because of what they're going to do in the back end because you, you got it all figured out. And so like, you know, if you get into this thing and you don't have it all planned, um, you're going to fail. Like the, the most important thing in this business, but it, you know, anything really is having that whole entire scope of where it's going and like where the money's coming in and what everything, you got to have a business plan set up. And so like, you know, for what we do it, on a branding side, cause that was kind of your question. Like if somebody's getting into social maybe and they want to get their brand out there and things like that, you got to know what you're going to do with the brand. And the, the offer is more important than anything else. So like, if you don't have that right, then you're going to lose money. Like Instagram crushing it, Facebook ads, YouTube, none of that matters if you don't have the offer down. And so like when people come to me and they're like, hey, I want to, people are always like asking me just like, I want to get some traffic. You know, how do I, how do I make a ton of money, you know, with Instagram leads, all that stuff the way to make money is to have a converting offer. And so like, I always redirect them because like, I'll look at what they have. And Francis is much better at looking at, you know, the copy landing pages and stuff. Cause that's his, uh, you know, skill set that he, he's really, really good at is looking at offers, but I understand it too. 
and I'll just look at the page and I, I the page will look like shit. I'm like, you know, <laughs> you're not making any money right now. Cause you actually might've done really well with all these things that you said you were trying to do. So they'll like get to discouraged because they're like, Oh, Facebook ads don't work. It's not that that didn't work. Your page doesn't work. Your offer doesn't work. And so like, that is the most important thing is like, cause it's different. If you just want vanity, like you want to get all this growth and look like you got all these followers and stuff. And you just have to have the money to do that. Cause you know, that's basically what's going to happen is you're going to spend a lot of money to just have followers. And there's not, if you don't have a way to monetize it, it's what I call vanity. And some people do that and that's okay. That's great. Like if you got the money to put into it, it's a fun life to just have all these followers that are praising you all the time. But for the average person, they, they need to make some type of money in return. And that's what I would say is probably the most important thing to do right out of the gates is have a good plan. You know, that when, when people come to us and they're asking for traffic, whatever it is, the first thing that we'll usually do is say, like, come to the office and let's sit down and map out like what you're going to do. Then we'll talk about all that other stuff. And generally speaking, like that's where the epiphany happens. So like, holy cow, like I didn't even realize like this wasn't ever going to work anyway. Um, but again, like a lot of people don't even understand the world where they think like when people are selling 97 or $197 products that they're making all this money because they're selling all these courses. You know, when the, the truth of the matter is we're really, really happy if we could get something like that to break even. Uh, even a $500 offer. If we have something for 500 bucks, like we'll be happy if we break even on that offer. And many people don't get that part. The money's made in the back end. So, you know, over deliver and give a, a bunch where they're like, holy shit, this is awesome. I just spent $500 and I got all this. Imagine what's going to happen like when we actually work together in mentoring or whatever it is, you know, because I just got all this value from this. And now you have like a relationship and your friends because you just catapulted their mindset. Um, many times they start doing stuff with even just that. Um, so you're in a different playing field with them and you deserve to come in and work with them in a different level. It's really hard to get people right out of the gates to spend high ticket. And we have done it like just so you know, like <clears throat> the easiest thing you could possibly sell in the info world is a product to um an existing business owner so let's just say real estate investing for example and that was one of the reasons like lease product was great tim brats or, or any of them is the people that we targeted were people that were already real estate investors and so they've gotten past the hardest question in life when you're doing this stuff is is real estate investing for me and so like you you run into all the problems and headaches and everything else with the new people because they haven't figured that out yet they're still questioning if they can do this. And it's real easy for them to try to place the, the blame back on you if it doesn't work out. Like, so they don't have to say I failed. And, you know, obviously the stuff works. Most of the trainings out there work really well because they're all teaching very similar stuff. It's what the person does with it. And so like, if you have a product that can go to active investors, so let's say it's, you know, uh, asset protection, like you mentioned before, you know, it's asset protection and business management would probably be two of the classes that I would recommend a newbie takes first because you're setting your foundation to, for success. But all the newbies really cares about is a magic bullet. And <laughs> they want something where they're just going to get rich in like two weeks. And that's really not what happens. 
um, you know, it, it takes some time and effort where an active investor knows why that's important and you're not selling them on the business. They're looking at ways to enhance it. So if you can come to market with a product that helps people that are already doing that particular business, you're not going to have cranky customers. You're not going to have refunds. You're not going to have chargebacks. You're, you're going you're gonna to have a lot of friends and everybody's going to be super happy, you know, provided you got to sell something that's amazing. Of course, you know, you can't just come up with anything, but you know, that's the best crowd to sell to in this. And it, you know, it's, I'm talking about real estate investing right now, but it's any business. If you can take a, a business owner that's already plunged in and have a tack on to their business that enhances what they already have, um, it's the easiest thing to sell and uh, they'll just keep coming back and buying. You know, the newbie crowd's great because you can, you can throw a, a huge uh, cast net out there and snag on to people that they didn't even know that they wanted to try real estate investing. So I'm just, you know, interrupting their daily pattern with an ad saying, you know, hey, you could get involved in real estate without any, any kind of experience or a license, you know, money or credit. You can get into this business and learn how to do it by leveraging other people's money. And, you know, when they woke up that day, they had no intentions of getting into real estate. But you're, you're trying to go through a whole journey at that point and shift their entire mindset. And that's why that part of the business, you got to be ready. You're going to have... You're gonna have problems. <laughs> yeah. You know? uh, no. But the, the cool thing, to, just to back up on that, you know, when you go to an active investor crowd, you can go into high ticket without a low ticket offer. So one of the things that a lot of the OGs in the space were like, "Holy shit, you guys are selling like eight thousand dollar tickets to events out of the gates to cold traffic." Well. That is pretty awesome, by the way. But the reason we were doing it is because we were going after people that are, were already investing. So they already made the decision to get in. They just had to understand that what we had was more valuable than what they were paying for it. And so, you know, going to an $8,000 ticket um, event to newbies works, but it's a lot harder. You're not going to convert nearly the amount and you're probably going to lose money. So like when everybody asked like how we did that, well, we did it because we were targeting somebody that already made the decision to plunge in. So we weren't trying to sell them on, hey, you can make money with real estate. They already knew that. They're doing good. They just wanted to do better. And so, you know, any, anybody thinking about selling something that they know, it's just kind of a little bit of advice. That crowd is a lot easier and uh, it's a lot more fun and you have hardly, hardly any headaches, you know, if you do it right. I love that, man. You're hundred percent correct. When, when I, when I would mentor new investors, all the ones that were like, I don't care about the mindset stuff, every call wound up being a counseling call about their emotions. Every one of them, you know, whereas like the, I don't know, I've heard Mark Evans say it a bunch of times, like he won't even work with people unless they get like five deals in because it, it's just a totally different ballgame breaking through that edge is as much as like, like you said, whenever I teach a class or I'm in front of a group, one of the first things I tell people is like, these are the things that I have messed up. And if I could go back and pay attention to something first, it would be the business part of this because there's a reason businesses go broke making money every day. It's because they don't understand like all these things like you're saying about making money on the surface level can't be the real the business plan. You don't see all the things and the cost and the time that go into this to get it where it is. And there has to be the end goal. And if the math doesn't work, it doesn't matter if you have a million followers on Instagram, you just lost a bunch of money and, and pe people don't see that stuff. So, you know, parlaying it into two two separate questions. One of them is, I think people are still under the belief that what they're going to do is they're going to post a couple of pictures of their dog or a couple of pictures of them 
walking through a house or I'd say anything with the exception of like a smoking hot girl right now that's doing something fun on Instagram. They think that they're going to get hundreds of thousands of followers and be a celebrity. And I just, I don't know anybody in business that has organically just done that. At some point they realize, even if I'm putting out killer content, I need a Brian or a Francis behind me to help figure out how to really get this in front of people. Because as much as they might not want to admit it, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, those are businesses. And that's the whole reality to basically the world at this point that people don't understand. Is there still a way to do that? Yeah. Um, you, you know, the, the, the big thing is um, inst on Instagram, they don't want to be sold. And so like, all I'm doing is ever trying to sell on Instagram, really. It, but the funny th thing about it is I try to make my ads and posts be the least salesy as possible. So there's a, there's a brilliant marketer, Dean Jackson. He's, he always talks about more cheese, less whiskers. So you, you got to like, you got to get yourself out there in disguise. You know, it's not that I'm trying to pull the wool over their eyes or anything, but it, I, I need, I call it like the stopper slide. And I guess slide is almost old school. Like it's, it's a image or whatever, but like one of the things that I do a lot of is carousel. So I'll do multiple pictures, but the first picture is never something that screams like I'm about to sell you. What I want to do is just stop them. So I'll ask them a question I'll tell them to engage with the post on the second slide. They'll start to realize that, Hey, he's going to sell me something, but <laughs> at that point it doesn't matter because I've got them to stop. Like the, the key to Instagram is to get them to stop doing this and thumbing through all the stuff. And if you look like you're an ad, even if it's a free webinar, people don't care. People see free webinar all day, every day. You're just another person out there that they look at, like you're probably a scammer. And there's just, there's just so much static out there that people are, they don't know who to trust and who to pick. So the key is to try to pull them in and make them listen to you for a second. And so like, for instance, like one of our best performing ads, I actually got it from, it, it wasn't the ad that I did, but the idea came from uh, being at LeGrant's. One day, uh, Donna McNeil, um, she worked helping Ron with his real estate business. She, I don't know if she ran out of printer paper or what, and everybody in real estate investing is going to know what I'm talking about here in a second, but she started handwriting yellow letters. And if you haven't heard of the yellow letter campaign that you must've been sleeping under a rock, but cause like, you know, everybody's doing that now. It got to the point where people in foreclosure were getting 10 of them from different people that all said the same thing. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it exploded. And uh, she was like worried probably cause you know, LeGrand, he's a little hard nosed about stuff. And she, you know, she's like, is it going to be okay that I'm doing them like this? And the results like exploded the, the conversions. So I was trying to do that. To say, I'm always trying to do that on Instagram is like, how do I stick out? I don't want to blend in. And so I took Astro Bright orange paper and I handwritten wrote with a big fat tip marker. Um, can you really buy and sell real estate with little to no money or experience? Um, question mark. And then I had an arrow. So I was just, I was trying to pull in the curiosity and then it started to go into like the second thing. I, I had little stick figures and I showed like a person getting a contract and then selling that contract for like, you know, 10 grand. And I, 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 I drew and put them through the path where they realized like, Hey, I don't need to actually fund this. I can, I can just sell a piece of paper basically. 
And then I started to talk about in the other slides, like, why would you work with us? I handled all the objections. So there was a page like, you know, of all the objections they would have, I answered them on that. And then I told them, you know, go click the link in our bio if you want to watch a free webinar on how to do this in so many words. But I always start with something that it's more cheese and less whiskers. And then the whiskers come out on the slide too. If you're going to do it with video, uh, it's kind of the same thing where you just start teaching a tactic and give value. So like when they start watching it, one, you want to try to get that interest so they stop scrolling. So you still want to do something cool where I don't know what it is. Like maybe you start knocking on the, uh, <laughs> the like act like you're knocking on their screen and it's like, yay, and then start talking. But you, you're just trying to get them to stop scrolling, give them a little value. And then um, at the end of the video, it might say, read the caption if you want to level up. And then the caption starts taking them into like, hey, go click the link in our bio and join the webinar. But that, that's the key is like a lot of people that are trying to make this happen, they're doing one of two things normally because they don't get it. They're giving nothing but like lifestyle stuff and things that, you know, ultimately they're not bringing them to a sale or they're just trying to sell all the time and they're getting just lost. Like people see it, but they just don't care. The minute you get somebody to stop and look at your ad, you just won. That's the whole game. That's all you're trying to do. And then you can sell all you want. Yeah, maybe some people aren't going to like it. They get to, oh, you got me. Like, this is another <laughs> ever. But got them. And now they're thinking about it. Like, oh, well, I guess it is free. And so, like, that's the big thing. We started with, like, a typical um, Facebook ad. So it was, like, Delmar, you know, all dressed up to the nines. I think at the Inc. 500, like, uh, party or whatever. and um Keisha was in the picture with them and it said you know free webinar and flipping houses how to do it with no money cash or cr credit um and uh it did good I mean we were still getting like four or five dollar leads so it wasn't like that that was working well but when we switched over to doing handwritten stuff <clears throat> and more specifically just not letting them know it's a sales pitch um our numbers exploded and that's what ultimately catapulted real advisors to next level again was um, cracking the code on the ad. But it, it's that's like kind of the same like point I made earlier. Just doing Instagram doesn't do anything. Like it, you have to have like a plan behind it. And, you know, the first part is that offer, but the second part is too. You can't just put something up that says like free webinar tonight because you're going to get mixed in with all the other people trying to hawk their courses on Instagram. So you got to think about how can I get these people to stop and listen to me and then do all the other stuff that you were thinking, then it doesn't matter anymore. I call it that the stopper slide. It's like the shock slide where you're just trying to be like, what the heck is this? Or, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll have them say yes or something in the comments. Like, do you want to make uh, 2022 your best year ever? Put yes in the comments if you agree. And then there's a little swipe thing on the slide pointing them to the next thing. But all that engagement of those comments below is getting it in front of more eyeballs. And then they start to take off. So um, anyway, that, that's what I would say with content is just like be aware of like what you're trying to do with it and, uh, you know, give more cheese and less whiskers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. You know, a lot of my, my best mentors in life have answered my questions with questions that open up more questions. And as frustrating as that is, I think people that listen to that, that have that, like, well, I just want to have it for like, it makes you start to think about a, 
like, what do you want? And then B, is that really the direction you want to go down? Because it is going into a commitment to go down that path. So I always am a big believer in have a bad day, not a bad deal. In this sense, it's like, be be bummed out that maybe now the Instagram route for this, whatever you were going to do is, is maybe now not the thing you want, but let's figure out what is the thing you want and what direction do you want to go? And now, like, there is always a destination to get there, but really commit to it. Because like you said, if you're not passionate about it, you're just going to fall by the wayside with everybody else. And I am a big believer that you have to have like an edge or some sincerity or something that sticks out. And I think part of what stuck out for me, and I think a lot of people that know you guys well, is the relatability that you and Francis and Rich and Dolmar have as just like good, normal guys who just kind of put it together. You know, Vargas had almost the opposite with like his flashiness and all that kind of stuff. But I think that that definitely paints a picture and and kind of what you're saying now, uh, do, uh, I know I'm going a little bit, do you have like another like 10, 15 minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Um, One of the things that you opened my mind to, which I think is, is very interesting that I, I'm almost mad at you for it because now I can't unsee it with everything I do. But any podcast episode, any post I make is not just, hey, here's this. It's like, well, what questions would somebody have about this topic that they would Google? And then how do I start to angle the clips and the questions and all these things to reverse engineer something somebody would search? And like, even just that part of it was like, holy crap, there's so much to think about. So every time I do these now, it becomes, well, like, what would the good taglines be? And you gave me some great places to go and look at like short tail and like long tail keywords and all those things that I think most people don't even realize are relevant to even having a shot at getting your stuff go viral. So um, if you could talk like, a, I know it's like a whole other topic, but a little bit about that and maybe some places to go or some things to think about for somebody like myself or a podcaster that's going, you know, what is some content I, I should put out there? They probably should do a little bit of research to figure out, well, what questions are people asking about what you're even looking to put out there? If, if I'm phrasing that right, you know where I'm going? Yeah, yeah. Um, let me just rewind one second before I do that, because there's something really important that I don't want to forget to say, um, especially because we did talk a lot about Instagram and that is like been my focus lately. Um, you don't have to build everything out if you have an idea that you think is going to work. Like the beauty of social media, especially Instagram, is you can put something out there like, hey, I'm, I'm looking to mentor, you know, five people this month. DM me if you're interested. You can have your answer a lot of times in just a DM and you can sell people by just, you, you don't have like getting copy done and funnels and all these things that they get expensive. If you pay the right person anyway, like, cause if you don't, it's more expensive. It seems yeah. cheap. You don't get any sales, but like, you know, you can really cut to the, the chase with social media and stuff like Instagram, because you can do a DM campaign where you're just telling them to DM you if they're interested. You can literally just start getting sales with very, very little money out of pocket. So anyway, to go into your next question, you know, just trying to think of, you know, we're talking about SEO here. So like if you're doing YouTube videos or you're doing um, blog posts or, or anything um, that's going to show up in Google's results, a lot of people make the mistake of doing like the, the title will be like interview with Brian Hansen. But there's like a million Brian Hansons and, you know, if somebody types that in, it's never really going to come up and nobody even really knows me. Like, so the content that from today's call, nobody's going to type in interview with Brian Hansen because they're trying to find content that was in this call today because they have no idea I even have that kind of information in the first place. And so Google might like, if you're lucky, 
you know, it pops up as interview with Brian Hansen, but that's not what anybody's going to look for in the search engines and, you know, Google and YouTube and some of these search engines are such, there's such an opportunity to get in front of people that you want to use titles of stuff where the stuff that's actually taught and people would be looking for is in the, the titles that you're choosing and how you you make your descriptions and stuff to include some of those keywords. But it might be like, you know, um, how to grow a, a, a following on, and I don't even, I'm just winging it because we didn't really get that far into that. But like a good title would be something like, you know, how to grow a following on Instagram um, with, for less than, uh, you know, a hundred dollars or something like that. But you're, you're putting how to grow a following on Instagram. And that, that is something that people search for. And if this podcast come up, comes up and it's got all this great information on that topic, they'll sit and watch it. And so um, they'll be on YouTube and there's all these algorithms that happen. So like, it's not like you just get in front of them and, and then it's done. They'll sit and make sure that you watch the whole video too on YouTube. So they're looking at like, how long did you sit and watch it? Because if you watched the whole thing and it was great, then next time somebody's searching for that in Google or, or on YouTube, we're going to put it even higher. Because now like we know that people really like that so they'll kind of give you a chance, but if it's unrelated to the video or you're, you know, you're just doing it only because of that, and it's not even really content that's super geared towards it, people won't watch the whole thing and then they bring you back down again. So you got to claim your spot and just whatever the content is on that video, think about if people wanted to listen to this podcast or whatever, you know, video that you're doing, what would they be searching for to find that? You put yourself in their shoes, like what would you go into Google and type in? trying to get access to that kind of content. And that's really the best thing you can do. But then there's like tools out there that we use, like SEM Rush is one of my favorites, um, where it shows you what people actually type in to find people's pages. So it'll literally show you the stuff that they're typing in the search engines to find your competitor stuff. And so you kind of have a cheat sheet and outline of exactly how your competitor gets all of his stuff. You know, or um, let's say YouTube, for example, there's tools like uh, vidIQ, um, TubeBuddy's another popular one. I like vidIQ, but it'll show you what to type in and what kind of hashtags to use and like the keywords to use. And, you know, there's a lot of tools that make this game really easy if you just know about them, you know. Even on the Instagram side, we created a tool called Social Spy. And uh, it actually, we just literally like brought it to the public uh, last week, but- Oh, sick. I can find all of the owner's contact info. Like, and it's crazy because you get access to the celebrities. I was looking at the sheet the other day and Meg the Salians at the top, who's like an artist with her Gmail and her cell phone number. Which, <laughs> that's hard information to get, but our tool literally pulls the phone numbers and the emails that they use to sign up for Instagram. So I have direct access to them. It'll show me like uh, how many people are fake and how many people are real. It shows me what percentage of the people are United States, how many people are female, male, you know, but I, I think the point is like, there's so many tools out there that help all these things. You know, in this case, when you're looking for like keyword stuff, I really liked the SEM rush. That's one of been the tool that I've used for ten, at least 10 years now. I don't even know how long it's, it's been over 10 years. Um, but think about that. Cause like, you know, it's kind of even like with people's um, house buying sites, the, the title of the page is like Bob Buys Houses. 
And like, nobody's going to go on Google trying to sell their home and type in Bob's Bob buys houses. So like the, the title should be like, you know, sell my house fast in Jacksonville, Florida as the title or, you know, um, yeah, there's other things that you could do. I, I actually got it in a little bit of, <laughs> I didn't get in trouble. Actually, I got a cease and desist, but I was ranking for like every city with we buy houses. Nice. With Frank Treadwork Mark term. And I wasn't like, it wasn't the names of my web, my website or anything, but I had like a bunch of YouTube videos and um, they're like, Hey, you can't use those titles anymore, which I think somebody might've won something with like a case or where you can actually use we buy houses now. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. So you check that out for yourself, <laughs> you know? That one didn't necessarily make sense. It was a branding thing. So people were seeing the We Buy Houses on the, all the billboards and they'd go to their computer and type it in because they wanted somebody to buy their house. So there's going to be cases where it's, it's going to be your competitor, um, you know, and uh, terms that they use because people see them and they'll, they'll go home and search for that kind of stuff. Like one of the things that we've done for years, and again, you need to get, consult your own legal advice. We, we don't put them in the ads, but we always bid it on our competitors' names. So they would be a keyword. So if we were using like a platform like Google ads, I would put all of my competitors' names as keywords. You can't put them in the ads because, you know, it's their business and that's a copyright infringement. But nobody said I couldn't bid on them. <laughs> so my ads, this started back in the auto parts stuff. I was taking all of the uh, business from all the big guys because they didn't know how to market online yet. Online marketing was so new back then. And so everybody was going and typing in names like Jasper Engines and stuff like that from all the advertising that they spent to be in, you know, billboards and TV and radio and, you know, all kinds of offline marketing. And I was capturing them all because I was above their ad. Like they couldn't even find them. They found me first. And so we could tell them like, no, we're not that company, but we have, you know, super competitive rates and super high quality. But, you know, <clears throat> anyway. Think about what people are, what they're, what are they logically going to type in? And when you're making videos and, or blog posts or whatever it is, make sure you're thinking about that when you make the title of it. Because Google, have, you know, they need to know what the page is about. And so they're going to look at the title and they're going to look at the description and even the content in it and determine that this is going to suit my, my, my clientele. At the end of the day, Google wants to just make their people happy. And they make their people happy by getting relative content to what the searchers are looking for and putting it in front of them. So, you know, it's a two-pronged thing. You got to choose the right words, but that content also has to be good. And otherwise they're not going to keep serving it. So they, they even know, like, if, if let's say it's not a video, they just click on your blog post. They, uh, there's what's called a bounce rate. So if somebody goes to your page and it wasn't quite what they wanted and they click off right away, Google knows that and they'll push you back down again. So try to be as relative as you can to exactly what topic your stuff's about. But, you know, keep that in mind every time and you're going to continue to get better results. And then you compact them. It, it may not seem like a lot at first. Like maybe you'll get like an extra 20 vis visits that month on that topic. But what happens is you get this collective stacking uh, thing that happens. So if you have a thousand posts up and all of them are getting 20 every month, now it became significant. And the more content that you put and the more Google realizes like, hey, every time I send people to this page, they seem to like this stuff. And it seems to be very relative to what they're saying, trying to tell us that it's about. Let's just give the whole entire uh, blog uh, post or channel a boost. 
And the, you know, the more content that you have, it, it uh, drives more power. Because another mistake that people make all the time is they'll create a bunch of different sites or a bunch of different YouTube channels. And you're trying to get one powerful thing. And, and it's great if you can do it with multiple, but it is really hard to get, create a powerhouse. It takes a lot of time and effort. So, you know, don't create a bunch of different stuff. Try to focus on one thing and just keep building it and building it, building it. And over time, you get all that free traction. Like SEO is like this hard thing because you don't see the, it's It's kind of like going to the newbies uh, topic again, because they want that magic bullet. But yeah. at the time, like got these investors, like literally on Google AdWords, people are paying like three, $400 for a lead right now. It's insane. <laughs> I think it's come down just a little bit, but everybody's paying over a hundred dollars and they keep doing it because they're making money. But if you start to come up as the top person in that area for those keywords, even though it takes six months to do it, when you're paying three, four or 500 bucks for a lead, those add up pretty quick. And when you're consistently getting those free every single day, you know, you can wind up saving a, a ton of money. And, you know, the leads tend to, I, 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 from one reason or another the seo leads seem to be better they convert better so anyway i know my answers are always long but uh <laughs> <laughs> i uh, like them though man it's good it, it's it's filled with a lot of great content and a lot of great directions that i i think again it's it's one of those things where people don't even realize you have been one of the most eye-opening people of like the epitome of you don't know what you don't know until you start to talk and they're like, I didn't think about this. I didn't think about this. I didn't think about this. And to me, again, that's a benefit of having somebody like you around that. I understand why people pay top dollar to have you because you've already made the marketing mistakes. You already know what the keys to conversions are. And especially in thing that's big business and big ticket, it's so easy to pay for advertising on Google ads below thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in a matter of hours and have no idea like why that even happened versus somebody of like, no, these are the things you need to know because it is serious money and it's not a game and you, you can lose your butt on it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So a couple, couple of other things um, that I think is funny. The last time I had a conversation with you and Francis, we talked about SEM rush. And then for like the next two weeks, every one of my social media things was just ads for SEM rush, SEM. I was like, ah, they're listening, they're listening, they're listening. But it's to your point of like, like you said, the more stuff starts to come up, that's how you start to get traction. You can't just start doing something once or twice. And then all of a sudden think it's going to catch on, but it's an interesting experiment now, because if I'm thinking about what should I name this podcast to try and get more people to click on it, the two things that are coming to my mind that you had mentioned is one of them is like, do I just name this episode you know, how to convert on Instagram or build an Instagram following for under a hundred dollars. Or do I do something like how to make 2023 the best financial year ever? And then just, you know, like you said, see if it kind of just converts more and gets people in the door. But then like you said, maybe they come on and they go, well, that's not what that's about. And they click off. So some people might get mad about the title of this. I apologize ahead of time, but we're going to, we're going to experiment there with a little bit. <laughs> awesome. Um, anything else? Uh, Yes. As a matter of fact, the one thing I find fascinating about you, sir, I have two more questions before I let you go. One of them being, you know, over, over the last 15 years, I've had a lot of friends that became business partners that no longer became friends that no longer became business partners. And it's never, you know, everybody, well, this person would never screw me. I would never X, Y, and Z with this person. But every one of those stories where there's a divorce or a breakup, you never go into the relationship thinking you're going to have some fight or some horrible 
lawsuit or, or any of those things in there. And I, I'm very enamored by, sorry about that. I'm very enamored by what you guys have done by keeping such a good friendship between you and Brian and Rich and Dolmar and Francis and everyone. You are Brian, you said it. But the, the four of you guys together, um, I always very much enjoy being around you guys. And you always not only give me hope in the fact that we're kind of like, yeah, like if you work hard, you can do stuff. But also you guys give me a hope of like, you can make something work with friendship and you guys can all still hold each other accountable because you're all very different personalities and you're all very good at different things, but you've still managed to kind of carry that ship, make money, be successful. And I never get the feeling when I'm around you guys that there's this sentence like you can't stand being around each other anymore. And I think that that's a really important thing because people want to go into business with people they like, and it's not an easy thing to continue to do. And you guys seem to have made it work way longer than most do. So I just love to hear you a little bit about your thoughts and feedback on how that's happened. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, partnerships are hard as well. Where's that's another thing. Like people just don't talk about that. Um, you know, I remember one of my earlier mentors said, you know, the only time you want a partner is on vacation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, um, but you know, it, uh, I, you know, the, I, I don't want it to seem like we never have times where we get agitated with each other. Of course we do. You know, I, I think, the big thing is um, remembering uh, that even yourself, like you can always do better and you're not perfect either. You know, th there's always going to be times in any kind of partnership in my belief, especially if it's a long-term one where you're going to get agitated with one age with each other once in a while. Um, you know, the good thing that we have going is I, I feel like we do have a good dynamic and a great crew and like, you know, I believe that my partners, um, they're all great people. And so, you know, we're making sure as you're starting off your partnership with somebody that you believe is a good person and has high integrity is a good thing. But like, just keeping in mind during that partnership that you're gonna run into issues with them. Um, you're not gonna agree on everything, but you're doing this because it's easier to do it together than apart. And, um, you know, it's kind of like, uh, even in marriage, you know, it's it's, uh, marriage is hard. And when you take on a long-term relationship like that, there's going to be work. So it's no different in a partnership. It's just a different type of relationship, you know, your business partners and everything, but know that you're, if you go into something like that, it's not always going to be perfect and you are going to butt heads with certain things, but you just need to know how to continue to appreciate each other. Um, and I think a big thing too is, you know, you don't want to ever get too big for your britches where like you're feeling like um, I do everything and, you know, my team doesn't, and, you know, it, 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 I think when people start to go down that track, they become resentful and um, they uh, tend to, if somebody's got it in their head that they're better off without the team, then it's probably time to figure something out, you know? So you got to believe that together we can do more. And if you believe that, then, you know, again, you'll, you'll come into trying times. There's no doubt about it uh, with each other, just because you're all different um, people and, and think differently about things. But I think that's also why the company ends up doing better and why um, it's good to work with partners because they're looking at things differently than you. And if everybody had the same point of view and the same type of mindset, then I think it would stagger the growth. There's no you know, at that point, you should just do it yourself if everybody's going to think exactly like you. And so like for me, 
I love criticism. And so like, I always told my partners, like, you know, it's not that it doesn't make me feel good, but I, I don't really want to hear about what I'm doing good. <laughs> if I'm doing good. I don't need to fix it. I want to hear like, Ryan, you're, you know, you're effing this up and you know, you're, I'm pissed because you're doing this or whatever. Give me, take the gloves off and give it to me so we can fix it. Cause like the whole business thing in general is continuing to grow. And I can do that a lot better when I got people looking from the outside, we don't see what we're doing a lot of times, you know, cause we're just in our zone and you, you can't see it from the outside. If you got your partners and your friends, you know, hopefully they're both t telling you like, Hey, I'm noticing this about you. You, you should fix it. Um, I think that's really important because I, I see, I tend to see like in some uh, partnerships where they can't talk to each other because they're afraid if they tell their partner, like, Hey, you're screwing this up. They're going to get really mad at them and then they're going to get in a fight where like, I believe you need to welcome that stuff because those are the biggest things that you need to fix. Sometimes it's not easy to hear, you know, like you don't want to hear like you're screwing things up, but that's the best feedback I could possibly get from my partners is bad feedback. Cause otherwise I'm not growing anymore. You know what I mean? So anyway, I, I think with, you know, just going to what you said, like, just know when you get into a partnership, you're going to have the ups and downs kind of goes back to that thing where it's people don't talk about that part. So you don't get to see it. So just knowing that no, regardless, I have some pretty amazing partners and they're all pretty laid back and very nice people. Even we have problems, you know, and so it, you're going to have them. And so just learn how to get over it quick and just move on and um, continue to work better as a team and support each other. You'd be crazy to like, I think it goes to this, like even the students, like I, when I first started all of this, like just even just starting to buy and sell houses, like I always thought about like, why does everybody need all this mindset training? Like it doesn't like, all you gotta do is like, just wanna do this stuff and get it done. And like, you know, why is there so much training on mindset? And I never understood it. I wasn't like a mindset student back then. And then I realized like it drives everything. Like it took me a long time to come around on that, by the way. But like, that's what, like your sales floor, they know how to sell and they'll continue to be able to do it all the time. What's going to keep them from selling is their mind's going to get in a bad place one week and they need you to support them and make them feel good again. And sometimes it's easy to think, oh, like it's my partner, so he should be good because like we're business owners and we're macho and like, but you need to re remember, like sometimes you got to boost your partners up too. They need a little confidence boost. And, you know, it's recognizing the good things that they're doing and trying to make them aware of you appreciating them. So, you know, it's just as every bit important to a partner than it is with like an employee or anything else to feel good and be in that right zone to accomplish what's ahead. Um, so, you know, that, that would be a tip of mine is just recognize the good things that they are doing too. It, it's important to say, you know, Hey, you're screwing this stuff up and everybody be open and okay with that. But just remem remember to try to support your, your team and let them know that they're doing a good job. And, you know, um, cause they're not going to say it, but it's important. Um, they're not going to ask for it, but you'll be amazed on like how much everybody needs that. I could not agree more, man. I think you said that that perfectly. And I, I think going back to that, it's important to to be open to the feedback, not just say you're open to it, but I think it's also important to 
make sure that all your feedback isn't always just you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong. You know, like you said, it's that support and that acknowledgement. And sometimes somebody needs a hug and a handhold and a pat on the back. And sometimes sometimes people need a foot in their ass, you know, and it's so there's a time and a place for everything. So speaking of feet and asses, sir, before I let you go, let's talk about your first experience at a UFC fight. Oh man, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was such a great time. I had such a great weekend there with you guys. I did too. Um, I mean, I couldn't have done it better getting to go with you and, um, you know, I, I didn't even know, like, I've been out of the UFC for a little while. I wasn't watching it as heavily. So just being able to even meet all the fighters um, outside of the ring and, you know, like, literally just talk to them. Like, sometimes it's hard. You put, like, different celebrities and stuff on a different pedestal. And, uh, you, you know, especially, like, UFC, like, it almost seems like they're all going to be all mean or something. Get <laughs> out of each other. But, like, they're just such good down-to-earth, like, people some of the coolest people I met there. So um, it was really cool to meet everybody and be up close and watch the stuff like right there in action. Always good to hang out with you as well, obviously. But uh, that was a killer time. Thank you very much for that again. Now I do, you know, it's it was one of those things where I, I have to be careful about who I, I'm sure you know the same thing, but you have to be careful because sometimes some circles don't mix. And, you know, especially like when you're there for a weekend and somebody's fighting the next day, the energy and the team, depending on how the fighter is or what their worry is, you know, it's a, it'd be like if you were like, hey, we're hanging out, but but tomorrow somebody's going to try and beat the shit out of Dolmar in front of all of us. Like, you can only relax so much, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, so uh, but I appreciate it because you and Pere, like that first night, David, like I think I was, I went to go get you, uh, Dave, and, and uh, shout out to, from military to millionaire David Pere and Raging Ally Quinta. But I think I went to go get around for you guys and we came back and Pere was like, Hey, your, your buddy Al is really nice. Like, what does he do? And I was like, dude, Google him. And he was like, holy cow, that guy just fought Khabib. And it, it's like you said, you would expect him to be these guys who are just like eating raw meat and willing to like waiting to tear people <laughs> apart. But they're just like the nice, most humble dudes who it's like fighting is like the last thing. It's their job. So it's not what they want to be doing on a Saturday night at the bar. So I appreciate that you guys came and that you guys were so cool and, you know, got along with everybody and were just normal. Cause you know, I was telling Mike Seidel, shout out to him, another great guy. I was like, there was one guy who acted kind of weird that I wouldn't invite back, but everybody else was great. And we missed Richard Dunn. So I apologize. We'll get him to the next one. But did you see Aljo's fight this weekend? I, I haven't. I, I got to catch up on that. Yeah, man. He just defended, successfully defended his title. So oh, uh, nice. I, I was going to try and get the crew, get, get us all back together for this one. And initially he was like, oh, dude, we're in, uh, we're fighting in, in, I think he was going to fight in Atlanta. I was like, cool. Like, let's go. He's like, oh, I think they're moving it to Boston. All right, we'll still go. I think we're moving it to Vegas. All right, we can still make it happen. He's like, I'm fighting in Dubai. I was like, yeah, all yeah, right. I think I'm out. <laughs> I don't think I can make that happen. I can't get the crew to come to Dubai for the fight, but we'll get to another one for sure, man. Well, thanks for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure. Um, I can't wait to just hang out again. It's been a while. Nah, dude, I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate you coming on. And in closing, talk about now um, real agency, real advisors. How can people find you? What stuff are you guys working on? You can help uh, the audience with that they can reach out to you and you guys can maybe combine forces. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've really been taking a big focus on helping information marketers recently. So, you know, if you think you have a product and, and want to be a coach, it's been really any anywhere from real estate investing to fitness uh, people, coaches. Um, it's basically if you know something and you feel like or, or you know somebody that does that you think would be of value to people and you want to try to get out there, we're starting to help a lot of people do that. And so, you know, 
we do everything from kind of getting together and mapping it all out to actually helping it get built. Um, one of the things that we've been doing really well with is helping people with their live events. So if you're kind of already in business, um, you know, we help restructure the event to pull more out of it. And we have our team come and, and help uh, with sales as well. But we've just been doing, you know, we, we had just a crush event uh, just a, about a month ago or so. We, we did about 2.9 million in sales uh, in a couple of days. And uh, that was in Vegas, incidentally. Um, but we collected, we're, we're not done yet. So I, I envision we'll probably be at 2.7, but we collected 2.6, which is kind of incredible for that high of a, a number um and and all paid in full so that you know that's not payment plans um but yeah we we've been helping from everything from marketing to even the sales side um you know uh, probably the biggest thing that we've been selling um just to multiple people is growing their actual uh audience so we help them like boost up their pages on instagram um we can kind of do the same thing with uh, youtube and other channels as well we've been putting a, a pretty big focus on Instagram. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're kind of, if you're in the info space already, we can a hundred percent, a thousand percent help. Um, it, it will, we'll definitely be able to help you make more money. If you're thinking about getting into it, it's, you know, it kind of depends. I'd have to like know your idea and like figure out, like if you got something there, something that we can talk about. Um, but if you're already, pretty successfully uh, you know, successful doing it um, you know you're starting to make it work it's just not where you want it to be those are the companies that we usually help like just blast off into outer space um, but yeah you can reach me at uh, on Instagram um, I have a bunch of different pages I'd say maybe at consulting would be the best one and uh, <clears throat> my email is brian at realadvisors.com or brian at realagency.com either, either one's fine um, but anyway, yeah, I, I'd love to chat. We can, we can help with a slew of stuff, but I'm not on here to pitch. I just wanted to bring some value. If you do need some help with marketing and, and you think that we could help, uh, increase your numbers, I'm happy to chat with you and we can set up a free call and just see what you got sitting there. I love that, man. And you know, I, I generally, I'll have people on here that I don't know all that well. Sometimes I, I asked you multiple times to be on. So for people listening to this, I very much put my stamp on you, Brian. You are right. I keep saying you, Domar, Francis, all you guys. Uh, I, I know you as people and you guys are good guys. And this isn't even like touching even the slightest bit of the tip of what you guys actually know and what goes on in the background. I mean, I've listened to you speak for days and days and days. And I still probably haven't even heard a fraction of really what's going on behind that brain of the machine you guys have. So I don't know anybody better to contact to help grow out those things that actually I can verify are just like really good people who actually do this on a high level every single day. So in the notes, obviously you guys can click on all the links and I'll put an affiliate page on there that obviously I, I don't want any money or anything from it, but anything I can do to help promote you guys, I'm always going to put my stamp of approval on. So thank you very much for coming on, man. And anybody looking to grow their, their brand, their classes, their social media, get themselves out there. Again, live events, internet events, anything. You guys are kind of a one-stop shop for the copy, for the front end, for the back end, all those things. So highly encourage you to reach out to Brian, to reach out to his team and check all those notes in the show notes. Any final thoughts before I let you go today, sir? Uh, not really, but if you do end up reaching out, um, make sure you let me know that uh, the A-game sent you. Make sure you tell me Nick sent you. Um, I'll, I'll give you the A-game rate. Um, 
you know, you know anybody that's uh, friends or works with Nick is, is uh, going to get the special treatment. But I appreciate I, I, that, sir. Fun, um, and uh, hopefully we do another one of these. Dude, anytime. You've been uh, more than generous with your time. I know I, I went way over where we were supposed to go, but you were a fountain of information, so you bring your A-game to everything you've ever done, and this has been no different today. Thank you for bringing your A-game to this podcast. Brian Anson, ladies and gentlemen, have a great day. Have a good night.